Today on Real Talk Fantasy, we'll be going over the NFC West, as well as any other relevant fantasy football news. You are now listening to Real Talk Fantasy. Welcome to Real Talk Fantasy. I'm your host, Andy Steed, along with my new co-host, Gary Ewell. We've had some changes in our front office in the last few weeks, and Gary has now taken the step up to Boo. being a co-host instead of the producer. We will be looking for a new producer in the meantime, but as of now, Gary Hit us is up co-host. on Instagram. Gary, what do you, what do you have for us? Today? Yeah, Andy, so um, Colin, Colin, our great co-host, he might have to take a break. He's actually listed as doubtful. He has a new girlfriend. He is starting law school, oh my God. <laughs> and right now things are looking iffy if he returns. Just kidding. He might come back. We'll see. Um, he's definitely good at what he does, and he speaks well about all these guys, and we'd love to have him back, but you know, everyone's got their own thing they're working on. Uh, I mean, for instance, Andy was working on buying a house last week. I was in Colorado. Everyone's got their own thing. Anyways, let's talk to the real the real stuff. We're real talk fantasy, you know. And today we're going to be talking about the NFC West. And this is the team that had the NFC champ, the San Francisco 49ers. Or at the conference, rather, not the team. And I don't know. There's a bunch of things going on in football. All I know is that, what, we're about three weeks away, Andy? Yeah, it's coming up. September, the weekend of September I mean, 11th. we should be watching preseason right now. Unfortunately, we can't. But practices are starting there's a bunch of weird stuff about how much news they can uh, pass out from all the practices like today Gerald McCoy got hurt but there is all this discrep- discrepancy on what they could release or what the media could release um interesting times we're in for sure uh we haven't had an episode in a while we apologize for that uh, like I said we've been busy but one of the things that happened recently that's kind of kind of huge actually in the fantasy world is that Damian Williams of the Kansas City Chiefs opted out. He was one of 66 players who actually opted out, but he's kind of one of the main ones because that means Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, their first-round draft pick from LSU, is going to take a huge step up in his role in the offense. And as we well know, that's a great offense to be in, especially in the Andy Reid system. I mean, last year, he – I mean – Statistically speaking, Andy Reid always has like a great running back one. And last year was like kind of an outlier. But Clyde Edwards-Hilaire looks to be the main guy in that offense. Andy, do you look at Clyde Edwards-Hilaire now as a top-round pick? Yeah, he's definitely going to be a, a first-round pick this year. Uh, his ADP is currently 106, so he's going right behind Kamara and Cook. Uh, that's just a week or two after the news. So I, I, I see him rising as more people, more and more people find out about him. So, yeah, I mean, if I was toward the top and he was there just knowing what past running backs have done when they had the full work share of an Andy Reid offense, I definitely look at it. And I think that team's going to be better offensively this year than they were last year with the few hiccups. So very, very appealing player to take in the first. It's kind of wild. And we've mentioned it before, but, we're talking about the Super Bowl champs with the best quarterback on the face of the earth. And yet we keep saying the offense could get better, you know, and you're right. Cause Tyreek Hill was what wide receiver 32 last year. Um, Travis Kelsey only averaged 15.9, which is quite a bit for a tight end, but it's actually down for his standards. 
there's just there's just so much to love about that offense. I think it'd be hard to pass up on a guy like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. However, however, you're still taking a risk. You know, you haven't seen him play NFL football yet, and especially under these circumstances where we can't see preseason, um, shortened time working with the offense, new scheme, all this stuff. Is there any concern that you would have drafting him that early, Andy? No, I I mean the offense alone is worth having share of. So I like I like having a lone back. Like we said, having the lone back, we know we're gonna get most of the snaps, let alone all of the carries and receptions. No one really taking anything away from him there. So I mean that's that's the recipe to have successful RB one. So I don't think there's a ton of risk, even though we haven't seen him play. I don't think there's a ton of risk there, knowing that he is clear cut the guy in that role. So a few of the other people we see, you know, they have people sitting right behind him. We at least know the name. Um, some of them don't have passing work up there. So I don't think he's really risky at all. And I think I, we do see him rise above cook and Camara here oh, wow. because I think uh, uh, the potential is just through the roof being the running back for the Kansas City. Definitely true. Um, I think the last rookie that was hyped up like this was probably, uh, Saquon Barkley, right? But yeah. how early did he go? Do you remember? I know it's kind of a yeah. He went sixth overall his his rookie year. He went right behind uh, AB. So it was the the top four running backs, and then AB, and then him. So that that that's exactly who it reminds me of. Um, obviously, he doesn't have this you know same stature. No one's freaking out about his quads, <laughs> but the uh, the opportunity there outweighs I think everything else that you could look at. So and they do have some capable running backs in that in that um in the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean DeAndre Washington, I guess they just signed him this past year. He was from uh, the Raiders. He was actually really great out of the backfield catching passes. It's pretty much his only role. Um Daryl really Daryl Williams who uh got some playing time last year whenever Damian Williams was hurt a little bit. Uh, he actually had a good 2018 during some games. And then Darwin Thompson, who we hop, hop, hyped up a bunch last year, he didn't really turn out to what we expected. But, I mean, maybe a second-year turnaround for him. We'll see. Uh, but if you're looking for that high upside, definitely you should look at Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, and so, Andy, you said he's going at sixth. Yeah, he's going right. I mean, the people behind him, Derek Henry, Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, that I'd argue that he – I think all the opportunities there are about similar now, given Henry doesn't catch passes. And I don't know. I'm more worried about Miles Sanders. You don't really don't know what's going to happen with that. Off- I mean, we saw the small sample size at the end of the year last year, but, you know, is it going to be him and Boston? We don't – are they only going to run the ball this year now that they have wide receivers and other, other targets they can yeah. use? It's just so unfortunate we don't have so. preseason. Because me being a guy, and Colin, yeah. Colin would speak to this, too, would speak to this too, is that he doesn't want to like take too much of a risk first round. First round, you kind of want a guy that's like set in stone, you know. And if I'm up there and I know I got a guy in Alvin Kamara who's going to go get his, and Zeke who's definitely done his fair share of being a top five RB over the past four years. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I I still don't think. Like, if you look at it, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, right? Yeah. O-line? O-line is ranked sixth. 
they're going to be good. We know the offense is good, so he'll have red zone touches. We know he's going to be on the field for at least 75% of the snaps. I believe that. Uh, we've been told he's progressing well with the team. So in my head, I mean, he checks all the boxes for – in. We believe he's talented. I mean, even if you give him a zero score for that, he's still going to be in the, that top 12. I know we're drafting him at six here, but he's guaranteed to be in the top 12 to me and if he doesn't get hurt. Yeah. Based on the O-line, the usage, and the red zone handoffs, he will, he'll be up in the top 12 because that's like we talked about in our running back episode. That's the mm-hmm. equation. I agree with that. It's just for me, maybe if I had that six pick, it's probably too risky. There's a bunch of good names up there. Um, yeah, something to see. He, he's probably going to go early in a bunch of drafts. Uh, but let's get let's get moving on here, and we're going to start with the San Francisco 49ers, your 2019 NFC champs. Uh, they're head coached by Kyle Shanahan, and we know him as a very good play caller. He's a creative scheme, really good with the run. Um, but he's coming off another Super Bowl collapse. I mean, he coached the – the Falcons back in 2017, whenever they blew that 28-3 lead, everybody knows that. Um, really interesting how this team operates. I mean, they're running plays out the ass, 31.1 run plays a game. They actually led the league in 21 personnel, which is two running backs, one tight end, and um, two wide receivers. Is that right? Yeah. But I don't know. It's going to be an interesting year for them because they're basically bringing back the same guys. Uh, Jimmy G, um, he's your quarterback here. Kyle Shanahan says he trusts him. Andy, do you trust Jimmy G as a NFL quarterback, maybe not a fantasy quarterback? Or what do you think with him? Yeah, as as an NFL quarterback, he's. I'm just hoping he gives him what Alex Smith used to give him. You know, yeah. he just just don't turn the ball over and and let the system run the way it's supposed to. I think that's all Shanahan's looking for. So, yeah, uh, I, w- I wouldn't necessarily want him, especially when you look at the wide receivers and having Debo out now. Uh, for oh, I guess he'll be back by week one, but he won't be full full go. I don't believe. I think they're going to ease him back mm-hmm. into it. So, I mean, if you're just going to count on him to throw it to Kittle the entire time, even when they had Emmanuel Sanders, it wasn't that great of an option to play. So. I, I wouldn't go, you know, headhunting for him at the end of the draft. I think there's some other guys out there. Yeah, there's plenty of other guys. I mean, we've talked about taking a chance on Joe Burrow, even though he's a rookie. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see who else is going around him. Tannehill. Hell, Got I'd it. go Kirk Cousins before I went Jimmy Garoppolo just because I know he's going to pass it more. Not that I want him on my team. Yeah. Absolutely. But, but yeah, uh, like I said, a bunch of run plays last year. Um, they were 29th in pass plays per game, which is not what you want from a starting quarterback on your fantasy team. Uh, but he was number one in deep ball percentage, uh, which <laughs> didn't look like it on that play to uh, Emmanuel Sanders in the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, that's actually a very surprising stat. You were right. Yeah. I, don't, I wouldn't. And, and he's not a guy who's going to get you rush yards. He was 31st among QBs in rushing yards. So not a guy to look on your fantasy roster, but he's definitely going to manage the team and not turn it over like you said. And what's really interesting to me is last year in the preseason, everyone was freaking out about how bad he looked, you know? And then he came out and had a pretty good, pretty good campaign. Um, maybe he 
it's it's a second year removed from that ACL injury. Maybe he puts on a better showing and might become fantasy relevant, but definitely not right now. Um, but look, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's the system. So whatever, yeah, whatever they need him to do. But I'm I'm mostly looking at this team for tight end or running back. Tight end for sure. And let's go ahead and talk about the tight end. So George Kittle is elite, um, and he got paid recently. I believe it was five years for 75 mil. Um, he was number two last year in average points per game. Kelsey had 15.9, obviously. Uh, but he was also dealing with an ankle injury pretty much all year. I believe he had like a broken bone in there. And yeah, pretty wild that he's still doing all this stuff. I mean, he's he's ridiculous. And he's, he's so crazy. He actually likes running the ball more than passing. Yeah, he is. He is crazy. He loves the ball. Yeah, one of a kind, man. But Andy, uh, where would you think about drafting Kittle this year? Well, I th- I believe he's at the is he at the end of the third? Right now he's going at two point one one tight end two. Kelsey's going at two point zero seven. Yeah, I'd take him at the the end of the second. I mean, I. I think I'd rather I this turns into I I take either one of those guys in the second round toward the end or beginning of the third round really. Um if I was on the flip there, get maybe McCaffrey and, and Kittle if I could, but this turns into for me it turns into the would you rather have Kittle or would you rather have Kelsey mm-hmm. today? And I would still rather have Kelsey because I I think he's more you know, he wasn't ever I don't believe he was number 1 tight end for the week a lot last year. But he was always in the top five. He he always hung around there, and he's more consistent week to week, which is what I would love to have out of a tight end. Just someone I I don't have to worry about them getting you know below ten points. So just to have that constant in in the in the mismatch position of having a good tight end like that. I, I would like that more. But Kittle, you know, there's some monster games he'll put up, and he's the guy he loves to play. There's no one else. He he, te- yeah, he's, he's the number one option in my head. Um, if they're not running the ball, especially, well, obviously, um, uh, there's not really anybody else to throw it to here. And he gets open with plays that Shanahan sets up. He's told the stories about the different schemes that they run every week and how he just dumps it every week and relearns the new plays they're going to get. And Shanahan's a genius, and he'll know exactly when he'll be open. No one can guard the route. I mean, all those different things. Him being in that system, and you you know that Shanahan's going to want to get him the ball, is why I think he's he's valued so high. That and then once again having the having the mismatch at the tight end position can win you quite a bit of games. And he's just so freaking athletic. I mean, ninety fifth percentile on forty, ninety fifth percentile speed, ninety on burst, hundred percent on agility, ninety eighth on catch radius. Absolutely ridiculous. To me, he could even be the tight end one this year, and I would not be surprised. And I think you you, you feel yeah, the I same way. Either. Because last year was kind of a down year for him on tight ends, uh, or tight ends, touchdowns rather. And he didn't score until week four, but after that, he was tight end one. You know, and I think that's when Jimmy G started getting his stride, offense started clicking. And I mean, it does concern me that about the passing thing, but in my opinion, I think George Kittle could like should be drafted as the number one tight end. Yeah. And so, you know, whether you decided to, I, if I don't like the guys who are, who have fallen to the middle of the second round, I'd start to take a tight end. I'd look at him and Kelsey, but like, like a Kelsey, 
consistency ranks over the last five years. Um, he's always been up there, so that's who I'd take first. And then I, it's, but it's it's uh, it's one and one A for me here with these two. So how? So we're talking about drafting tight ends early, and I have this interesting thing, and I'm kind of curious. So last year, the top tight ends for win percentage, and this is like you know everyone who owned these guys, their win percentage and how it all correlates. So number one was Higby. Number two was Hooper. Number three was Waller. Four was then Kelsey. Five, Andrews. Six, Kittle. Like, do you take anything against drafting a tight end early? Because there's always those guys like Higby and Hooper and Waller who are kind of like undervalued. But then if you find that diamond in the rough, you have a pretty good chance to win it. Yeah, but the chances of hitting that, I mean, there's like three guys you named there out of all of the tight ends you could take from rounds six on. I'm, it's kind of hard to do. Uh, Hooper, you know, blind scrolled funds a nut. That's what happened with me. I didn't really expect him to do that. I kind of just picked mm-hmm. him thinking, oh, yeah, Matt Ryan likes to throw to his tight ends. And then all of a sudden he blew up, and I was like, that was lucky. Like, there was no beginning of the season oh i think this tight end is going to be the next you know travis kelsey right at all zero percent i think that happened when kittle came out there may be one or two guys out there who were like oh yeah i think this guy could really blow up and then but no one no one saw him doing that so in my head getting a guy like this early knowing you're gonna have the guy on your team knowing you're gonna have one of the top three tight ends for the year Mm -hmm. There's a lot of value in that, and that's why they're being taken where they are. Yeah. I mean, with Higby, that was really just random. Waller, you could have made an educated <laughs> guess, and same with uh, Andrews. But I, I think Waller Waller had that uh, hard knocks hype as well. But I, you could have taken one, I guess. But even with, you know, I didn't know Gruden was going to have a guy do that. So if you had to take a – It's really hard for the – I, I think it's harder to predict tight ends than it is anything. It else. is. And we haven't done our tight end rankings yet, but if you had to guess a guy that has the potential to do what Hooper or Waller or Andrews did, um, even Higby, even though Higby was kind of middle of the year thing, who would you guess? I know we're talking about just out of just out of nowhere. Yeah, like, like maybe I picked him up or I drafted him really, really late. Well, and Hurst is the easy answer. He's been rising, right? Yeah, Hurst like, is actually going as tight end eight. But the, yeah, and it's 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 so annoying that the hype can do that. The guys I'm thinking, you like you like a guy, and he just just keeps rising. And yeah, rising. Yeah, people are smart, man. But I mean, we talked about Gasecki in that last episode that you missed out on. Yeah, but he's he's ranked high too. He's now. at fifteen, like, so you'd have to draft him. But you know. And the reason I bring this up is because we're talking about the NFC East and we'll get to him uh, when we talk about the Seahawks. The guy that's not on here is Will Disley, who's coming back from Achilles. Yes, Achilles. And Emmanuel Sanders did it last year, but for a while he was tied in number five. And we'll get to that here in a minute. But anyways, just something to think about here. But he, he has Olsen with him there. Uh, and no, well, I don't know we'll, what's going to We'll have this there. debate whenever we get to the Seahawks. And he's the third option at not counting the running back. You know, it's that kind of – it's it's what Colin used to point out with you, who's the guy. I want a guy who's who's going to be one of the, the top guys there. Right, but you didn't know you didn't uh, know Andrews or Waller was going to be the top guy there until it happened. You're just t- you're taking a risk. I know, and I don't think – and that's why I don't think Hayden Hurst will pass Julio in – 
He's not passing. Yeah, in Gurley. That's that's a tough task. So, someone who could um, Hunter Henry could if Terod gets his stuff together and plays well. Um, Evan Ingram could easily step up and do that. Uh, Gasicki. All these guys have good at least one really good wide receiver with them though. So that's that's kind of a hard discussion. One guy I. I who I kind of get the vibes of Austin Hooper being like, oh, well, you know, Matt Ryan really likes his tight end, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Jack Doyle. Yeah. Jack Doyle playing in Indy still, he, you know, he's he's had some okay seasons. Ebron's not there. And, and guess who loves tight ends? Phillip Rivers. So there's a chance for Jack Doyle to do exactly what Austin Hooper did last year, and I would not be shocked. Yeah. Rob Gronkowski. You know, he's kind of fallen off. You know, he had the early hype, went way up in ADP. And he kind of fell off a little bit, I think. Um, I don't love him. But, if you know, in our league, if people just were like, okay, this is just totally false. He should not be up here. And he falls far enough. Um, I'd, I'd consider that. Uh, I don't love, you know, Goddard. I'm kind of hoping for someone to get injured in front mm-hmm. of him. He was, you know, he was streamable last year. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Blake Jarwin, I don't believe that we've talked about it. I think he's way down there on the the priority for Dallas as far as who they're going to throw it to. But you said it, though. Eric Ebron, um, he could be one of the top top options. That might be interesting. Tight ends. But yeah, um, but I really do. Jack Doyle is one. If if you wanted me to like, if you forced my hand and made me pick one guy who could blow up like that, I think Jack Doyle could blow up and. And do that with a new quarterback. Yeah, and that's a state. Even though it's the new quarterback thing, I, I, both of them are experienced. I think him and his baby hands can can, can get together. I think taking an educated guess on a tight end at the end of your draft is probably the way to go because tight ends are so hard to come by, especially in that middle of the season. There's always that one team that's competing who needs a tight end. And if you can, you know, pad your team with some good tight ends or potentially good tight ends. You're going to have a good chance of having a good team. But let's go ahead and get get moving here and move to the running backs. And Raheem Mostert has decided to opt in, and we talked about it last week. He's signed for three years for $8.7 million prior to, the, to 2019, but now he's got some incentives. Man, I can't speak. He's got some incentives to work with. Incentives. Um, right now he's being drafted as running back 28. Um, he was running back 10 from weeks 13 through 17, and that's when he uh. – Kind of blew up, but why? Why is he? Who's in front of him? Uh, let's check that out. Uh, th- I I looked at this a while ago, so things might have updated since then. That's fine. I just you know I'm seeing people like Singletary and Mark Ingram and David Montgomery. Yeah, he's going as twenty six by him. Cream Hunt, like. I think he's more valuable than all those guys if he's the starting running back. And I don't I think Tevin Coleman showed last year that he doesn't have what it takes to be the every mm-hmm. down back. Um who was the third guy there last year? Um Well, Jeff Wilson played a little bit, but Jarek McKinnon is coming back and he signed that No, but who who left? Who oh, left? Breda. Left. Breda. Okay, so Coleman would come in and start the first series every game last right. year for some reason. After week ten or whatever, Shanahan mile mark sucked them off in Atlanta. He would give him one series, and he would do nothing, and then they put most in the rest of the game. It was the same thing every week. Anybody who had him would be like, "What the hell? Why are they starting Coleman? Like this doesn't happen every single week." And then he'd 
Mostert would come out, start the rest of the game, have a great game. I could see that happening again every Dude, single but game. God, that makes sense. Coleman sucks ass. He's so bad. He's not good. He's, 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 he's bad. And there's no way around it this year. They're going to have to win running the ball and doing what they do with Kel- uh, Kelsey. Uh, Kittle, and I think Mostert has a just a monster. Yeah, I I'm a big Mostert believer. The only thing is, he only had 22 targets on the year, but he is the goal line guy. And with the offense that can move the ball, that's fine on that uh, team. On that team, that's fine because that's all they do. Yeah. But I mean, one thing that you might be worried about, and this guy's getting some hype, is Jarrett McKinnon. Like I said, I mean, last year he uh, signed that no, four-year, no, no. thirty million dollar no. contract in 2018, so they got a lot of money invested in him. Um, but his injury history, I don't know what it was, but he needed follow-up surgery for that. The thing is that is makes him different than Mostert is that he's a good pass catcher, a good route runner. Um, so maybe third downs you see Mostert come off the field, but maybe it sounds like we're I, both not worried about Mostert. I wouldn't worry um, with how much they run the ball and Mostert's um... – usage last year i'd count on him to do what you need him to do especially if he's going at the 26th running back uh, that's a steal. that is a steal getting him as a running back too let alone a flex i think that that's just a solid guy you can count on every single there's week. you don't have to worry about it i agree there's no reason you should be taking melvin gordon jonathan taylor or david montgomery or even devin singletary before him there's no reason yeah no i'd I don't understand why he's so low. Um, I get it. Maybe people think he's a one-hit wonder. He has a weird career where he, you know, he's 28 and he just started last year. Like he finally got a starting mm-hmm. role, but he's been on the Niners the entire time. So, uh, I they kept around for a reason, and I think they're going to use him a lot this year. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting, and they paid him. I mean. I was surprised they broke down, and I probably didn't get what he wanted, but they they both – he wants to be there, and he wanted his money because he's 28, and he didn't want to get to 29 and then not have to pay him and just let him go. But they, they obviously believed in him enough to give him – was it three more years? Um, I think he still just has two years left on his contract. They just added to it. Oh, is yeah. it? Okay, okay. Uh, but they believed in him enough that they're going to use him if they're going to pay him. So Yeah, and from weeks – Let's see. From weeks 11 through 17, I mean, he was the bell cow. And that's the thing, too, is you don't have a bun- you don't have a big sample size. That's probably why they were reluctant to pay him. And I don't know. But definitely, definitely something like he's, he's going to steal right now. So if you can get your hands on him in the fourth, I'd say, I'd say I'd shoot for him in that fourth range. You have a quality, quality running back, too, that you don't have to worry about. Um, but yeah, let's keep moving on to the wide receivers here. Um, Debo Samuel is the big one we are concerned about. Um, one, one, one cliff note there. He actually was on a few other teams before he got there, uh, but he's been there since 16. He, he bounced around in the 15 season and then he ended up where he needed to be. Just didn't want that to be wrong. Yeah, dude. Fact check so, Practice squad, mostly practice squad, mostly, um, got released finally, um, by, they're all practice squads, so and then the Niners picked him up and kept him. Wide receivers, no Manuel Sanders this year, and they traded him what in week eight or something. But they do have Debo Samuel's. This is his second year. He's coming off a Jones fra- Jones fracture in his foot, and originally it was going to be twelve to sixteen weeks of recovery, 
But he says he would be back in 10 weeks. That would put him ready for week one. But I think the actual thing that's buzzing around is that he should be missing at least two weeks. Um, yeah, I wouldn't rush back. I wouldn't rush him back. Don't hurt your only wide receiver. Yeah, and they're going to be fine. Um, actually, their first two games, hell, their first four games are going to be pretty interesting competition that they might be able to win without him. Not that you really need him, but anyways. Um, so last year, yeah, he was wide receiver 31 on the year. Uh, he was a rookie, but he still played 72% of snaps. And the 49ers know how to find these guys that are good after yards or are huge for yards after catch. I mean, George Kittle's like the best tight end at that. And last year, Debo was fifth in wide receivers at that. And then they add Brandon Ayuk, who is number one in um, the NCAA in yards after catch. So they love these guys that can catch these short routes, I guess, and just take it for 10 or so. Andy, what are you doing with Debo Samuel this year? Yeah, he's going in the eighth round, like you said. I don't know. If if we already think he's going to miss two games at least, um, I don't know if he's worth taking over – some of these other guys, we saw him blow up at the end of the year last year. Uh, he was obviously, he produced, and he had those big games, and we see that sometimes carry over in the next season like Derrick Henry mm-hmm. and other things. But, I mean, he's going around, it looks like Marvin Jones Jr., Emmanuel Sanders, Deontay Johnson. He has a chance to come back and be the number one for the rest of the season after he after he's healthy, right? But you probably have about four weeks of him not being full speed. I I'd hope he falls a little bit. I'd almost rather take a Tyler Boyd or uh, Deontay Johnson. You'd really, think- but there is that. I, it's just the it's the scariness of having that offense not throw a ton. But I also think that he will come in and be a part of the run game a little bit, like he was last year. So, uh, yeah, I think I think you might actually get a steal if you're. If you have the balls to take him at in in the eighth round, I think you get a steal for if you can make it past the first four weeks without him, right? If you can grab a flex in this in this range, you're you're um, set. A, a quality flex, like we're talking guys that can. Yeah, yeah. So if you if you got someone in the seventh who can serve as your flex. Um, for the, those first four weeks, at least, or maybe maybe just sacrifice one of the, one or two of those weeks, and you have him for the rest of the year. A number one wide receiver who's involved in the run game, and Shanahan likes to use him. I think it's worth that risk of of missing one or two games. It's almost like when you're thinking of a guy uh, like Tom Brady, and back when he got suspended, mm-hmm. like can I can I get by without him for for four weeks? And then he went in about the eighth round. Similar situation, right? And you'd rather have the guy so, for the downhill stretch anyways, you know? Yeah. So I do think he's worth the risk. Um, it depends on how he – if he goes up or down from here. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I I actually do think I'd take him over everyone I mentioned if I was comfortable thinking, hey, I don't need Marvin Jones Jr. to be in my flex, or, hey, I don't need Deontay Johnson one or two of those weeks to help me out. Right. So, I mean, are you worried all at all about the inconsistency, though? I mean, yeah, no, I am. But I mean, he's going to be a guy. He's going to be your second second flex option guy guy. You're able to throw in there if you need. But big weeks. So, yeah, 
I mean, that's fine. And I think it's fine in Danny that you're going to get kind of a potential, you know, nice flex play right there in the eighth round. But there's guys below him that I think have potential to be better. You know, that you're not going to be like, you're not going to have to worry about like that. in them or like, yeah, Crowder. Crowder. Um, yeah. Because you're not going to have to worry about the inconsistency as much there, in my opinion. Uh, that's true. But can they have those weeks where, you know, Shanahan drew up something real nice for the speedster to go? Yeah. And it, they need the to be deep ball percentage is there for a reason. And, um, someone's got to catch that. So and he's a, he's a stud. They got to be getting him the ball. And he's in my, he's kind of like, um, what the hell is his name? And, DJ Moore. And he's on it. Yeah. So he's on a team, though, remember that you don't really ever go, man, that coach just can't figure out how to use that guy. Mm. Hell yeah, you're right. He's not on that team. We can say that about Jameson Crowder. Right. I can say that every week about Jameson Crowder. Yeah, no, I, I, I do, I do think there's some people under him. But if you're really, if you really want to go with a guy who you know his coach is going to use him, and there's a chance to uh, some blow up weeks, he's right there. You know, another guy is. Wait, did I go up too far? No, another guy who's right there with him. Um, that I believe who will get used is uh, Henry Ruggs or C.D. Lamb. Mm-hmm. Well, was... So I don't think you'll say, you know, this coach is an idiot. He's not using him uh, as many times with those two either. And they're going right uh, about 10 spots behind him. That's really good. Like talking about Ruggs. I'd still lean towards Samuel on that one just because I've seen it. Even if I miss him two weeks, I've seen it before. I know because it might take rugs a few weeks because he's working. Yeah. But yeah. Anyways, I'm not saying. I'm just saying like these guys. I agree with you. I'd seen it before. He's not a rookie wide receiver. We know what rookie wide receivers do in this mm-hmm. league. So, yeah. Those flashes of light. If he can come back and be healthy and be full speed, there's a, there's a few options out here that that you have. What really deep for wide receivers, yeah. as we can tell. That's why we're taking running backs early. One thing Debo has to correct is he was, had the fourth highest drop rate. And he's he was a rookie. That'll change. Uh, other guys on the depth chart at wide receiver, you got Kendrick Bourne. And he's not someone that you want to draft, but he is always going to steal. He's going to steal some touchdowns from me. Last year he had five, which isn't nothing special, but. It kind of pisses you off if be, you're. I won't be taking. No, I won't be. He's third year guy, but no, he's just meh. Uh, and then, like we talked about, Brandon Ayuk drafted in the first round from Arizona State, another ASU guy, and he could be another Debo Samuel. It could be Debo Samuel 2.0, and that'd be crazy having two of those uh, guys back there. I wouldn't risk. No, not as. I don't know. To me, to to me, taking a guy like him, a rookie wide receiver on a team that doesn't throw the ball a ton. I just, that's not for me. Yeah, and you got you could draft your guy Golden Tate in that same round that Ayuk's going. Ayuk's going in twelve dot oh two. We can rule out Dante Pettis and Tave on Austin as well. Yeah, we can throw them out the window. Yeah. Um. Actually, you know who's tied in number two on the San Francisco 49ers? Yeah, it's uh, Jordan Reed. Jordan no, Reed. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean it's just interesting. Like that's another talented guy, and if he <laughs> cannot. Get a concussion. That's watching out. And that's watching out for the. He, he'll be on the sideline until Kittle blows that knee out. I will. I don't want to talk about that. But, but yeah. Do you have anything else on the uh, San Francisco 49ers? O line was 15th at the end of 20, 2019, but yeah, I think they're they're in the top half this year. Um, I'm I'm grabbing the early season 
defensive ratings. Maybe they'll be up. So they got the the cards. Their first four games are the Cardinals, Um, Jets, Giants, and then Eagles. Yeah, I I mean, might be a defense to look out for. We know they're good. They got the Bosa brother. So Uh, they got a good kicker. He's ranked sixth. So defense and special teams for that in the kicker uh, are an option. So they they have they have easy strengths of schedules and and there's some potential there. So we'll keep your eye out for them. Other than that, I don't have anything else. All right. Well, next we'll be talking about. Let's go ahead and talk about those Cardinals. Let's send you down to the field and Aaron Andrews. Joe, thank you so much, Richard. Let me ask you the final play. Take me through it. Well, I'm the best corner in the game. When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're gonna get. Don't you ever talk about me. Who was talking about you? Crabtree, don't you open your mouth about the best. Or you, I'm gonna shut it for you real quick. L-O-B. All right, before, and Joe, back over to you. All right, well, we saw. Welcome back to Real Talk Fantasy. Next up, we'll talk about the Arizona Cardinals. Gary, what do you have for us? Well, Andy, this team made a splash in the offseason. They traded with some dumbass over there in Houston, ended up getting one of the best receivers in the league, DeAndre Hopkins. Kind of the main thing that happened with them this offseason, definitely going to be a big spring to their offense. Last year, they were 5-10-1. This year, they're projected 7.5 wins. They have the eighth toughest strength of schedule. Last year, they're pretty streaky. They won three and then lost three, then lost six, and then won two. Kind of interesting. So this is Cliff Kingsbury's second year, especially some offensive guru. Going to be really interesting with this offense. I don't know what he's got in year two. If he collapses again, it's definitely another Chip Kelly situation where that college guy just doesn't transfer to the NFL, you know, the air raid. Anyways, just kind of blabbering on here. Let's talk about that quarterback, Kyler Murray. Last year was quarterback number seven on the year. Everyone's thinking he's going to have a great year. Definitely has a good cast around him. Andy, what do you think about Kyler this year? Two two points of record there. Everyone in Houston's a dumbass, right? <laughs> True. Um, and the second point was that air raid is always a good idea, Gary. So get that through your head. Okay. Um, shout out Mike Leach. Yeah, so Kyler, I think that this could be the next... Lamar, Mahomes situation, but I don't know why. I don't think he's as talented for some reason. I believe that the volume, though, along with having that high floor like we've talked about that we like, as long as he stays healthy, I don't think he can really bust where he's being taken. So I like Kyler this year. Uh, I think he'll really get to capitalize on a on a pretty good rookie of the year season. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not expecting to see what Lamar did last year, but I, I do think that having he's a runner, so we'll have that high floor, and I don't know how high the ceiling is. I think it could be it could be very very high. The problem is he's not even though he's a runner, he's not like a big runner like your Lamars and Josh Allen. Like those guys are big runners, and they're going to get you touchdowns. Last year, Kyler only had four, and he's got a pretty good running back that competes with those touchdowns. Yeah. But I'm scared of the I'm scared of a Baker situation. That's really what I'm scared of. But he just moves. Which way is he he moves so much better though. I don't know how he could be. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I. You, you know, Cliff isn't the smartest guy. He didn't have the greatest success at Tech. He's but he, he's hot. Players, bro. and I I hope he's sexy, dude. dude. <laughs> what the fuck? I don't think he's as stupid as Freddie Kitchens. So I, th- I think Kyler has a good year. Um, I'm just not expecting huge, huge numbers. I think he's being taken where he's supposed to be taken. And if you want a guy with a a high floor, 
the whole season who can make some plays with he has so many weapons it's not even funny it's not even funny yeah. hopkins and drake the way drake played it last year at least with hopkins and larry and kirk as your your wide receiver two and three hell throw andy isabella out there man there's yeah, some respect they, on his name just just a plethora of of wide receivers there yeah and so heading deandre hopkins just adds a whole nother dynamic to it because last year his supporting cast efficiency was 20th and now i i mean it's got to be top 10 now but uh yeah touchdowns past touchdowns were down last year not necessarily because we don't know like what he's done but kind of based on expectations he only had 20 and i think that can only go up you know second year in the nfl second year with the same offense bringing a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, it's got to go up. But yeah, I had him at quarterback four last time I checked, but it's looking like it updated at quarterback five and six dot oh two. All the words that just came out of your mouth, we we were saying those things about Baker. I don't think he that's, does what Baker does. I'm not saying that, but we said those words. That's true. There's no way his numbers go back down. He got rid of his dumb coach. There's no way. <laughs> I'm brought in a worse, dumber coach. Yeah. So I, there are the chances that it could go backward. I don't think it does, but I don't see that humongous leap. Um, I do think he's going around, like I said, like eight times now. I think he's going where he's supposed to be. Baker. A good value at that spot. But there's a few guys I'd, I, I'd like in front of him. I'd like Dak, and I'd like Russell in front of him. Yeah. So. There's going to be some guys that stretch on Kyler, though, just for his running ability, you know, and yeah. potential, potential breakout this year. But – you're you're right, but compared to him to Baker, I just I don't see it happening just because I mean, for one, Baker's like totally different from a personality standpoint. Yeah. The Cardinals never will get the same hype like as the Browns. The reason the Browns were kinda of get that hype was just OBJ's persona. And I mean, I know that didn't work out, but I mean we'll see. I, I expect I expect Kyler to be well. He'll probably finish right around that range by the end of the year. So it's it's kind of a safe pick. Yeah, I, I think it is. I think it's safer than – so I like Dak and Russell more than him, but I I think he's better. He's going to have a better season than Deshaun because he took Deshaun's weapon. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I do – I think Kyler ends up above Deshaun and Drew Brees and Josh Allen, but I don't think he beats out Russell Wilson and Dak, who are the other two I'd take over him because uh, the limited leg use, but I think they're better quarterbacks. Yeah. So, I agree with that. That's, that's pretty good right there. But let's talk about the guy that's probably or most definitely going to go in your first round, and that's Kenyon Drake. And last year he was traded for a fifth-round pick, and it was before week nine of 2019. So from, from weeks nine through 17, he was running back number four, averaged 19.9 points per game. He uh, obviously suffered in that Miami offense for his whole career. Uh, he's only 26, you know. Definitely, definitely brought an added dynamic to this team. And right now he's going as running back 12. That's right at the uh, the turnaround right there at 2.01. I don't know, Andy. Yeah, a little disrespectful. A little disrespectful being at the end there. Yeah. Well, you have that pick. Are you thinking about Kenyon Drake at all? Mm, yeah, absolutely. Um, I Joe Mixon's in front of him. Uh, I don't know. I don't know who decided to do that. Uh, Joe Mixon's been overhyped since after his rookie campaign. So I, I think I think he I'd take him in front of Joe Mixon. I'd take him in front of Miles Sanders as well. I know that's 
Miles Sanders going to 110, but yeah. I would take I'd take him there. I debate on the Derrick Henry one. Um, I go back and forth. I I really like Kenyon. I like how he's going to be used. I I don't believe Chase Edmonds is a real threat. Mm-hmm. Um, it's another one of those perfect equations that you get with someone like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. A very com- comparable. We've seen him. We saw what he did at the end of the year as well. I don't know if he keeps up that kind of pace, but him being alone, no, we know he's going to get the passing. We know he's going to get to run the ball. We've seen what running backs do in Arizona. I think all all arrows point um, upward for him. Yeah, I totally agree. And I mean, people, some people are out there like saying like, "Oh, he's going to lose his job." You know, we got Chase Edmonds, yeah. but I know Chase Edmonds was hurt down the stretch. But in the games that they played, his Chase Edmonds' highest snap count percentage in the same games that they played was 18. I mean, he's not stealing. It's Kenyon Drake's backfield. And by the way he played last year, I would not be worried about it at all. No, not at all. And like I said, you get that above 75%. You're, he has passing work. The O-line is – hold that note. Um, I'll find that. But um, I don't believe they're that bad. Yeah, they were 22nd at the yeah, end of last year. Yes. But so they're they're a little lower than I thought they'd be. They got new linemen though, so hopefully uh, the cohesion score goes up and they'll rise as well. But um, they're not too terribly low. Arizona's never really had that great of an O line, so I'm not I'm not particularly too worried about mm-hmm. that. And I think uh, having that running quarterback will also open up things for them. I agree. And even though we kind of bashed on him, it, it would be nice to have Chase Edmonds as your backup just in case Kenyon Drake would go down because. I mean, that one game that, that Chase Edmonds played, I think it was week seven, he was running back one on the week, like the running back one yeah. in the NFL for fantasy that week. So, the yeah, the big thing for me on, on Kenyon is they got rid of David because he wasn't – he doesn't fit what they want to do, mm-hmm. what Cliff wants to do. They brought in Drake because he, he fits what Cliff wants to do. So I don't understand why he, he would lose his job to anybody – if he's doing what Cliff needs him, to, wants him to do, that's the guy he went and handpicked and went and got from him. He went and traded for him, dude. So. I don't know how they pulled some of this shit off, but like getting rid of David Johnson's huge ass contract and yeah, I don't know old don't know. dude who played old. Like there's old guys that play young, not Frank Gore's old shit. That's my boy. <laughs> but it's incredible how they just ripped these guys off, and they ended up getting. A guy who still has talent left and Kenyon Drake. I mean, things things should be looking up. I mean, Kyler Murray's got to be just like licking his fingers over here. This is fantastic. But now, yeah, now but, Houston knows what it's like to be cheating. Yeah, they deserve this shit to get cheated on. But yeah, let's talk about DeAndre Hopkins. Last year was wide receiver number five. Obviously, new systems. Things are going to change. Had 18 points per game, and from weeks seven through 17, he was wide receiver number three. It took him a while to get going, but. And the reason I'm mentioning this, average 10.6 yards per target. And I say that because Kyler Murray was 25th in his yards per attempt at 6.1. Like, it's it's funny that they have the air raid, but they're not raiding it at all. In fact, they're more of a ground raid, the way Kenyon Drake was used down the stretch. But DeAndre Hopkins, efficient. Different, different kind of animal, still only 28 years old. Uh, Andy, are you thinking about drafting DeAndre this year? Yeah, so he's like my biggest question mark in these first two rounds. We've seen him slip now all the way to 206. 
Like, this is a guy who was a guaranteed, you had to take him the first round the last few years. I get there's a ton of ton of guys there. Um, it's almost like being a Chiefs wide receiver like Tyreek, but with a downgraded quarterback. Like, we don't doubt Tyreek because he has Mahomes there. Mm-hmm. It's also not Tyreek's first year on a new team. So, I, I think DeAndre is too good to not overcome the obstacle there. But I wouldn't take him over a Julio and a Tyreek who have already established a relationship or Devontae with their quarterback. And they all they have talented quarterbacks, all three of them. So, yeah, I think he's next for me. I take – I mean, you don't see another wide receiver there for a while till Godwin um, down at 209. Um Still no, and then Thielen or Mike Evans and Thielen. So I take. I think there's a big tier cut there after Godwin um, to go down to Mike Evans and and Thielen because I think Godwin will get that slot. I agree, Brady. But I I I still think that if you get Andre Hopkins halfway through the second round, you're getting a huge steal, dude. He's huge he's fallen, and like you said, people are just worried about like not knowing what's going to happen, the dynamic between him and Kyler, but. It's exciting to me if people are going to undervalue him because I'm just going to yeah. snatch snatch that right up. That's, that's a that, risk I'd be willing to take. That that's like we call that a risk, and that just baffles me that we're going to call right taking DeAndre Hopkins a risk um, in the in middle of the second round because we know that he could easily you know at the end of the year we could be looking at it going man you got a first you know top five wide receiver halfway through the second. DeAndre Hopkins was basically all alone out there in Houston. I know we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. And, like, and that does that that factors in. This could be this could be irrelevant, but maybe we're saying. So Deshaun Watson's rating last year with Will Fuller on the field, who could never get on the fucking field, was 104. Without Will Fuller, was 89.8. You know, yeah. like he, he's out there trying to just force it to one guy, and Hopkins yeah. is out there double covered. So I'm I'm excited for Hopkins. He, he I think didn't even want to be there. Like he hated that team more than anything in the world. Dude, like, I'd want to get tell. You could tell he didn't want to be there. He's the luckiest be dude. In no, I- he. Oh man. But yeah, the, another craziest thing is that he's 28 years old. This guy's been seems like he's been doing it for more than a decade. And I was yeah. like, damn, only 28. So he's he's got juice in the tank. I hope he's fired up. I'm excited to see what Hopkins does, but um. The other one of the other guys out there that may be on your fancy radar is Christian Kirk. Last year was wide receiver number 38. Yeah, pretty inconsistent. It's like I have this written down. He goes from this might be a long ass list. He goes from 10 to 17 to 16 to 8 to 18 to 4 to 38 to 10 to 5 to 17 to 10 to 1 to 14. I mean, it's just not something that like I would necessarily want in my flex, especially if he's going in that flex range. And now that he's this is wide receiver rankings. Huh? Those were his rankings every week. Those were his, uh, points per game. Excuse points. Me. I was about to say, I was like, wait, what? Yeah. He that would be, really I'd be like, well, I'm going to go. That sounded really good. Like one. No, nah, I should have clarified you, that. You never went past 30. No, but that's one. <laughs> but, but think about that. That's one point per game or one point yeah, in that one game. Like that's in. Do we think Larry's done? You know, Larry's not even being drafted, or his ADP is, he, is like sixty-five. Is he done? Like, are we just counting counting him out? Like, he didn't. You can't count out 
Larry Fitzgerald, well, man. We, that's... We, we tried to count him out a few years ago, and he just didn't want to go. He, he proves us wrong every year. We all were like, yeah, he's done. We're Kirk, Kirk and these new guys are taking over. And then he was like, whoa, I can catch. <laughs> Chill. I can catch. So do this shit. I'll never not be able to catch. And so he didn't have a great year last year, though. That's what it comes down to. I, I think those guys just eat away at each other's, you know, potential. So I don't see a ton coming out of either one of them. Um, I'd be weary on taking either one. I do think Kirk has the more upside being younger. And we saw we saw Larry's fall off here last year, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, I think he'll really step down. And I think he'll slowly fade out of the, out of the offense. Um, but I think he'll eat enough away at Kirk that he's not going to be really playable. Yeah. Um. Some weeks, I do think Andy Isabella gets in there, and actually, I I'd, I'd keep an eye on him throughout the year to see, dude, exactly how he's playing. I and how they're using him. I totally agree with that. Uh, last year, I mean, there was some hype around Isabella, but it just never happened. I mean, there wasn't enough action for him. But yeah, if you turn on this college tape, dude's dude's legit. Like he's small. He runs, but he runs a four three one, and. He can stretch out that field. And when I say watch his tape, every ball is a deep ball. And that's something that this team needs. If if Kyler is only averaging 6.1 yards per attempt and Kirk was only averaging 6.6 yards per route, someone's got to stretch it out. And I think it could be Isabella. I don't know. 4-3? Yeah. 4 three, one. is that right? College dominator, dominator, as Colin would say, 52.2%. Like this guy, this guy's got potential, and it, they run they run four receiver sets all the damn time. Like this is a guy who, if you got like a few, if your league decided, hey, we're gonna add a few roster spots, or hey, we added an, a, a COVID spot or two. Mm-hmm. This is a guy that I'd grab and just leave. Yeah, because if I had if I had storage, I play in a uh, bigger roster, uh, one running back two flex like it's a big play league you get multi- it has the big play multipliers for longer touchdowns mm-hmm. and stuff this is a guy my strategy in there is very unique where i grab one running back in the first round i grab a quarterback and a tight end in the next two and then i just take i take like 10 wide receivers in a row because you know those are the guys making the long plays usually right so um you know if i got the tight end and the quarterback could already make the long play so i take i take wide receivers the rest of the time from four on essentially and this is a guy I'm going to be targeting because he may not be, make those those long plays, but you know people get hurt throughout the season, or I need a consistent play in the flex, and he he becomes a star in the offense, a star. He becomes the the regular flex in the offense. I'll I'll be very happy with him on my roster. Do you think that's what hap- That's what's going to happen? Is Kirk fades out and maybe Isabella takes that role? I was thinking. I, I was thinking Larry. Well, well, I'm, I'm talking Kirk. about becomes the second option. Oh, um, yeah. Honestly, anything's possible yeah. with Arizona. Um, I do believe Cliff has is orchestrating this team to his liking and how he wants to play. Uh, Isabella being taken in 2019, I think bodes well in my head for him. Thinking, you know, my my thought process. Yeah, I guess Kirk was was Kirk there yet? Or Kirk was already there when he came in, correct? Yeah, Kirk, I believe, is this is gonna be his third year. Third. Yeah, his 2018 draft. Was Isabella drafted by 
Yeah, he was drafted he last year. He would have been drafted by. Mm-hmm. He was. Or, he was uh, round two. Cliff. Round yeah, two last so, year. They. This is a guy that I think. I think we could see step in. Um, it would be great to have an Andy in the league. I'd make sure. To that. <laughs> um, priority number team. one. Yes, that is that is priority number one. Oh, man. Um, well, but if you like, I said, if you have those extra drafts or if you have those extra roster spots that you can store a guy like this, it's a guy I'd like to keep an eye on. Yeah, um, for sure. And that that's just awfully deeper than the fifteen man roster. But and these these that's, four guys, that's why I'd keep an eye out. These four receivers we mentioned are going to be on the field probably at least thirty percent of the time, which is crazy. No other team yeah, was no other team being unsure. It's the being unsure of who, which one of these guys is going to. Yeah. Is there enough to go around on this team? That's the big question. Is there yeah. enough to go around for well, all four of these guys? And then you got Kenyon Drake. I believe Drake. that they will all eat into it. And then Drake, yeah. As so a backfield. I think there's enough for Drake. There's plenty for Drake. Yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be a fun offense to watch for sure. But, I mean, you know your guys. You know Kenyon Drake and DeAndre Hopkins, the other guys. If you want to take – I'd rather take a stretch on Isabella than any of those other receivers. But, yeah, definitely, definitely going to be a fun offense to watch. There was another note I would like to say. Oh, back back to Kyler Murray. It's interesting. The games they won, Kyler had nine or more rushing attempts. And the games they lost, he averaged 4.4 rushing attempts a game. So Cliff Kingsbury, if, if you're listening out there, run the damn ball with Kyler Murray. Just run the damn ball in general. Yeah. I just want to add one more footnote to the, the Christian Kirk. He's going in there around Jameson Crowder and Jalen Rager. And Jerry Judy, those are those are some guys I'd look toward. Yeah, the Jalen Rager, Jameson Crowder type, where I, I think maybe I can get a number one on the team. Right, Crowder for um, sure. Yeah, I'd look at them over Christian Kirk. Definitely, I'm not I'm not sold on Kirk this year. Yeah, fade in Kirk. But I guess the other thing we could talk about is the tight end, uh, <laughs> no, Max Williams, spelled like a porn um, star. Max Arizona had the second lowest percentage for targets to tight end last year. I just wouldn't worry about it too much there. O line defense is very bad against tight ends, so keep an eye. Dude, out that was that. so weird. That's one of those stats where you just like can't can't comprehend. Like, but but they have the number one easiest schedule for the first four weeks for their defense. Do they really? Yes. So. Oh, because you got the the Washington football team, then the Lions, then the Panthers, who we don't know enough yeah. about yet. Hey, easiest. It, Easiest uh, strength schedule for running back, Kenyon Drake. Are you serious? Sorry, second, second easiest. Still, first one's Mark Ingram. Damn. And and Lamar. I'm terrified of that now. If I go out there and get Lamar first round. <laughs> but uh, do you have anything else in the Cardinals? Nope. Uh, just a. I do not. Sexy. I it pretty well. Sexy ass coach. That's what I'm gonna watch All the right. Cardinals for. I'm out on. I'm out on this. <laughs> All right, next we're going to talk about the Seattle Seahawks. You just don't want to talk, really. I'm just about that action, boss. Welcome back to Real Talk Fantasy. Next up, we're going to be talking about the Seattle Seahawks. Gary, what do you have for us? It's another pretty interesting fantasy team here, Andy. I don't know. They're also pretty good in actual football, too. 11-5 and five last year, projected 8.5 this year, which is kind of interesting. I think it'd be higher. They have the 13th toughest strength schedule. They're still head coached by Pete Carroll, old ass, who is still getting away with what he did at USC. Just kidding. They're not getting away with shit. But um, <laughs> their offensive coordinator is Brian Scottemeyer. This is third year. Big outside zone scheme and vertical passing game, which is great for a guy like Russell, Russell Wilson. 
I'm kind of interesting, Andy. Just overall, what do you kind of think about this team this year? I think they'll be good again. Um, very hard division, so they're going to really have to compete. I think they have a lot of weapons, um, more than they've had in the past, especially when they get Antonio Brown or Josh Gordon back uh, in the lineup. They'll have three just premier wide receivers. And then Chris Carson, who go pokes. But I, I, I'm that guy's shocker to me that he's been able to have this kind of longevity in the league. I didn't think he was that great coming out of Oklahoma State, especially mm-hmm. since he didn't, you know, clear cut start for the team. He's more of the power back. So well, um, if he can hold on to the damn ball. If he can hold on to the ball, he can <laughs> not get injured. Uh I think he has a great a great season. And I think this this team as a whole is gonna have a pretty good season given the the from tight end to wide receiver to running back to their, you know, their great leader. That's yeah, I think the team is very successful. They just need to fucking use him. Man, like let Russell eat. I mean, last year they're third in rushing attempts, which is great. You know, whatever. If it works for you, but you got one of the best quarterbacks in the league and they're twenty third yeah. in passing attempts. It, it yeah. Just doesn't make sense to me. Last year was kind of a tale of two seasons. So from I believe from weeks one through ten. Now this is from we're gonna move on to Russell Wilson. From weeks one yeah. through ten, he was quarterback one. Weeks eleven through seventeen, holy shit. He's quarterback 24 on the year that put him at quarterback four. But like, dude, what happened through weeks 11 through 17? And I was trying to like do some research and try to figure it out. And I mean, I I don't, I'm not really sure to be honest with you. Like they just hit a wall, but yeah, Russell Wilson's really dang good. Potential MVP. Just got to fucking use him. Andy, what do you think about Russ this year? You know, I think it's just another year for him. He is, you know, probably the most consistent quarterback over the last uh, eight years. So Drew Brees would would claim that title if he didn't get injured last year and only play 11 games. I, I would give that one to Brees. But, you know, Russell finishing from his rookie year on, 11 8 3 3 9 1 9 4. Um, four quarterback four last year. Played every game. Um, he's played every single game his entire career. So as far as I'm concerned, he's the most consistent guy that you can get, and you can get him later than I believe four other people this last, this this year. So I believe he's a great value for fantasy this year specifically, and I think he's gonna do exactly what he's done in the past. I, I'd argue that he has the most weapons he's ever had this year. What when they get Antonio Brown? <laughs> when they get AB or they get Josh Gordon? Oh what man! They, I mean, they even have they got they got Olsen and uh, Disley to choose from yeah. like, on the tight end side. So uh, I mean, I, there's options here. Um, Chris Carson, I hope, I hope can stay healthy and hang on <laughs> the ball. And I think there's there's hope for this team just to you know go undefeated, something like that. Do something crazy. undefeated. Jesus, I thought you said earlier <laughs> this is a tough ass division. Oh, it, it is. is. It is, but I i mean, that's how good I think they actually are. Um, yeah. I don't think that this is a coach, it's going to be funny to say, that you'll ever, you know, look and go, what the, why isn't he using my guy? Mm-hmm. We all think back to one play when I say that. Um, yeah. <laughs> not running the ball on the goal line, but, you know. That's why he doesn't use never, him anymore. I've never really said, uh, I've never really said while I was watching my Seattle player, why Why is my guy not being used? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I think you're right. Besides Lockett this year, we'll get to Lockett here in a little I bit. Think, or this I think, past year. 
Russell Luckett went through some weird stuff, but Dude, that... I think you're right on the whole let let him eat thing. If Pete, that'll be a situation we get to say that in. If Pete doesn't let him live up to his full potential passing this year, we might we might say that a little bit. But whatever Pete has been letting him do has been working for his fantasy stats. So anything yeah. more than that, it's just is just icing on the cake for you. That's potentially mm. a league winner, right there, Russell Wilson. That's right. Calling him, say it makes him feel good in his stomach. <laughs> but uh, he's gone, it, Gary. It, Stop referencing him, man. He's not coming the, back. The efficiency numbers are just ridiculous. You know, we talk about uh, passing attempts, like twenty third in passing attempts. Yet he's second in red zone attempts. Uh, he's third in deep ball attempts. He's third in passing touchdowns. Sixth in passing yards. This guy's efficient as fuck. Like, use him, please, please use him. And he still runs. He he had like 342 yards last year, which isn't, you know, Lamar Jackson. It's not Josh Allen. It's not Kyler Murray. N- maybe not even Deshaun Watson. It's still good. That's still pretty dang good. I don't know. Good quarterback to have, but kind of talking about where you would draft him. Would you look at him in that round five where he's going? 5.09? Absolutely. Absolutely. It, when you're mocking, um, I, it's, it literally comes down to, if you're going to talk take a running back in that fifth round, and the two guys who pop up right in front of you are Dak or him. And that's got to be the hardest decision to make in the world. Because in my head, I'm thinking, man, I know Dak's coach is going to let him just sling it. I know what's going to happen. Quarterback two that's last a, year. He's, he, I mean, there's the number on one the, offense in the league. He, he's on the same consistency path as Russell is right now. Yeah. Like, he's just in year five instead of year nine. So... Yeah, I, I, I think him, or if Dak's there, one of those guys will probably be taken by the time it gets to you. Yeah. Whichever one's there, I, I'm taking. I, I'm really taking a serious look at him, and I pro, I'm like, depends on what I have at that point, but I, I believe if I have two wide receivers and two running backs, I'm, I'm taking, taking Wilson. Yeah, you really can't go wrong with either him or Dak. Let me pull up these uh, average points per games. For these quarterbacks, these top quarterbacks. So, yeah, obviously Lamar goes off last year, 28.11 points per game. Dak is second at 21.8. And then Wilson was fourth at 20.85. I mean, there's some guys still, like, you could always make the case, like, what is two points? What is having the edge on two points going to do when I could get someone else? You know, you know what I'm kind of saying? Like, you could have Matt Ryan, who last year was quarterback 11, who's still averaging 18.7. And Matt Ryan right now. Knowing that you have an every week starter at quarterback and you could use those roster spots for other things, focus on other other spots in your lineup. I mean, there are arguments. I can make arguments all day as to why you would want Mm -hmm. a consistent running or a consistent quarterback who's done it every year for the last eight years. Um, in that spot, so I don't have to worry about you know streaming, doing whatever. I can, can yeah. focus elsewhere. Get get guys that will maybe create more value by picking them up off the waiver wire. Something you know about, you know, those kind of things. But it's really, I think I agree it's, really with you. it's really how you want to manage your fantasy team. So we'll ha- I'll have a, a, an episode in the future on how to manage your how to set up and manage your fantasy team week to week. But I mean, I, I agree with you. Like I believe round five we made. Round five isn't bad for what you're getting with Russell Wilson, you know. But anyways, uh, let's just keep moving on here to the running backs. Go Pokes. Chris Carson 
Last year had 1,200 rushing yards, seven TDs. He only played weeks one through 15. During those weeks, he was running back nine. Not bad. But he fractured his hip in week 16. Always seems to be banged up. But there's a lot of things that points to him being pretty dang good. Last year, 73.9% excuse me, snap share, which is pretty, pretty dang good. That's the seventh best in the NFL. Fifth in carries, this team loves to run the ball. Kind of seems like whoever is the lead guy in this backfield is going to have a maybe a top 10 finish. Do you think he finishes uh, near the top again this year, Andy? I, I do, and... You know, would you say he was going? What's his average, his average draft position? So right now he's going as running back twenty, wow. and that's three dot oh nine. Do you know who he's going behind? It seems a little. Um, seems a little. I mean, I know there's a, like twelve in the first round that are going. I mean, he's going behind uh, Le'Veon Bell. I know that off the top of my head. Um, I know Melvin Gordon's going one spot behind him. What? I don't know. For me. It's a situation where we know even Hyde's come out and said it. He's not the starter. Chris Carson is clear-cut starter on his team. We've seen over the last two years that he finishes 11 and 15, and he had 14 games played one year and 15 games played the next. Um, I know we have the fumble issues, but, I mean, this is a guy we think he's going to get at least 75% of the reps, right? We know yeah. he's involved in the passing and run game. and just Well, I'm passing and... Not a ton, but... 47 he's, targets, he's which isn't bad. The field. They're not just neglecting him, right? Yeah, and there were always – there was, wasn't that that rumor last year? They're like, oh, man, he's going to be the third down guy. They're going to use him out of the backfield. Yeah, I mean – like, yeah, what the fuck happened know. with that? But – so their their, their old line's not great. It's about – it's the same as Arizona's, right? Right. But, I mean, I, I think it's another stellar year for him. I think he might even crack the top ten this year. Um, he came in 11th last year. I think he cracks mm -hmm. the top 10. I think Seattle's better. Now, remember, I don't think everyone is expecting him to be as good as they were last year. I don't think much has changed. Their defense got better. They brought in Adams, and and I think Pete has his defense where it needs to be, creates more um, more time for the offense right? and more more running if they're winning games. So Game script, yeah. I think Chris Carson has a stellar year and cracks the top 10. All right. Did you have him in your uh, top fifteen running back rankings? Probably not. He he well, he is moving up the draft boards a little bit. So I said running back twenty earlier. Right now he's at running back eighteen three point oh five. I guess I was kind of concerned about you know they brought Hyde in and I wasn't sure how healthy he was because he did get injured late. I mean hell, Carlos Hyde was in a thousand yard rusher last year. This is the kind of stuff that happens when you get near the the draft though. You pull out. You know, people start – you get start getting the, the murmurs and the news, and, and then you, you kind of figure out where, where people are starting to lie. But I just – you know, after, you know, breaking down the 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 formula that you need to have a good good running back, um, I started weighing offensive line a little bit, little bit less and targets and handoffs more. And then the snap share and the talent. Um, the snap share is really – I mean, it accounts for – yeah, that's so huge. much more than anything else. And if we think he's alone there with no one really threatening his starting position, mm -hmm. I mean, Carlos Hyde was losing to Duke Johnson. So, I mean, he was already like falling off everything until he miraculously came to the Texans who needed a running back. I and just, he just kind of was gifted that job. And if you're, if you're there with Deshaun Watson, then you're going to be doing all right, even how bad their offensive line was. But 
I, you know, you know, it's just the, I take the consistent guys, and I think this is the is one of the most consistent guys in the in the league. Yeah, but at the same time, I just don't know how many team. If if I was drafting like ten teams, and he came to me, I mean, I don't know how many teams he'd actually end up. Like how many teams I'd actually draft him on. You know, do you think it's he's just, in a better situation than <laughs> Le'Veon Bell, Nick? Chubb, of course, Nick Chubb. Not asking if he's more talented. I'm asking is he in a better situation for reps? You know, there's some rumors going around there with Nick Chubb that you know I would you shouldn't be alarmed with playing time this year. I don't know. I you have to see with with how they run the ball because they're talking about running the ball all the damn time there in Cleveland. It could happen. Um, <laughs> I, okay, I mean, yeah, Chris Carson. He's he's definitely a value there with your Todd Gurley, Le'Veon, James Conner. Hell, even maybe even Aaron Jones. You know, they drafted AJ Dillon. And they still have uh, Jamal Williams there, so could could be a steal. Could be a steal. I know there's some good wide receivers going in round three that you might be targeting, especially if you went running backs early. You know, depends on kind of how you uh, how you drafted. But no, I'm taking him over. I'm taking him over Melvin. I'm taking him over Le'Veon. I think I'm taking him over Chubb. Yeah, I'm not there. I'm not going to even get the opportunity to do this any of the leagues I'm in. But. I think he's a reliable guy, and he's two years in a row. He showed us that he, you know, that that running back twenty ranking is just disrespectful. It really is. So, yeah, I think he has a chance. Just hold on to the. I think he has a chance to end ball. up at the ten. Like I don't think he's in the top fifteen most talented running backs in the league, but given the opportunity, he's mm-hmm. Pete's going to put him in. You know, the situation. All he has to do it is what he's been doing, and he will end up there. Yeah, and if he plays the sixteen games, he will definitely be there. He's making that t- you know fourteen and eleven without playing all this, all the games of the season. Yeah, it is pretty crazy. Um, another couple of running backs that are still on the roster. So Travis Homer last year he played in week seventeen. Whenever uh, Penny and Carson were hurt, he averaged six point three yards per carry. Pretty good. Marshawn Lynch played on playoffs is gone. Rashad Penny, who I just mentioned, he's still on the team, but he tore his ACL in week fifteen. Dude, but whenever Rashad Penny gets over 10 yards or gets over 10 carries in a game, he averages 6.6 yards in his career. Dude, it, what, something else that scares me is they they thought about getting Freeman. So, Oh, really? So they're out there shopping. So that, that scared me a little bit. I couldn't tell if that was for a backer role because they wouldn't give him he, – he left because he was like, oh, I'm worth more because he's an idiot. But – Mm-hmm. Um, don't even get me started on he should have been so much better in Atlanta last year but um, I, that 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 gives me some doubt that maybe they go out and get someone later in the year to help yeah. them out um, and that would obviously if Carson's taken out of this situation by adding someone else everything I said goes out the window but at the moment with the situation he's in the potential is to be a top 10 running back. No problem. Yeah, as long and as I he agree. he stays healthy, he will be that. I so. agree. Yeah, let's go ahead and get moving on to the wide receivers. So, uh, I kind of can could be a little bit up for concern for Tyler Lockett this year. I definitely think so. Uh, I'm more big on DK Metcalf. Obviously, DK is freakishly big and athletic. Was a rookie last year, maybe a year two breakout, but then at the same time, Tyler Lockett, weeks one through 10, was wide receiver number 10. But then 
that week's 12 through 17, which you can't figure out. It's wide receiver 43, and I believe there was a couple games where he had like one point. I mean, if you let Russell Wilson throw the damn ball, both these guys can be like really successful, but we just don't know if that's going to happen. So, Andy, if you had to choose one guy on this on this wide receiving core, who would you take? That is so tough. It, it, I don't know. They're going right next to each other, too. So, yeah. there's no like, oh, well, this guy would be more of a value. There's just – it's like having the two same situations and not knowing who's going to – I think Metcalf showed some stuff at the end of the year, especially in those playoff games. Showing yeah, we went for 180. Where he, what he could do this, this year. Um, I do like him coming into that sophomore year. I think he's progressing faster than everybody else has – or a lot of other people have going into the second mm-hmm. year. So I – and Lockett had a weird injury where I thought he was going to be out for the whole year, and all of a sudden he like came back two games later. Yeah, weird. there's probably a reason for his downfall. But, but you know, I'd kind of go with the sexy pick here. I I, I want DK on my team. It's, I'm not I agree. usually doing that, but I think that the ceiling's higher. I think we've seen what Lockett can do. So Metcalf, I mean, he's obviously freak speed, like 4.3340. And he's huge. Like we talked about, uh, Andy Isabella running a four three one. Dude's tiny. This guy's massive running a four three three. But then, like, that's fine and dandy. He's the 80th wide receiver in target separation. It's like these routes aren't crisp. But I mean, you got fucking Russell Wilson throwing you dimes. Like, and it's crazy because, like, like he taught. What did he have last year? He had a hundred. A thousand? No, no. He had 110 targets, I believe. Yeah, 110 targets. Um, and then DK had 100 though. So like, DK did that in his rookie season. Rookie year. 100, 100 targets, 900 yards, seven touchdowns. I think they get better this year. Um, he's. I think they're. It's. It's. And he runs a four four, so it's not like he's slow. Right. So this is a hard. You know picked between the two but i want i want the prototype man i want him if he's that fast and he's prototype it's got to be a good mix you know what i was about to say like man he's getting not enough respect out of that uh running wide receiver two or their second year wide receivers because we talked about aj brown potentially having a big year but then you look at the um the adp aj brown's only one spot ahead of him he's going 18 4.08 then at 19 it's 4.10 I guess he's sliding on these draft boards. I don't know why. I mean, I think they're both going to have good years. But I don't know. Interesting situation here in uh, Seattle. Might be might be time for some DK. Hey, DK said he's working on his routes as well. So. Oh, he better be. <laughs> I mean, but, there's hope there. I mean, I think it's you're hoping that he just keeps going up. And if he keeps have, going up, you, then I think he passed the locket. So, have you seen – so we, we think about the the wide receivers that have been with Seattle like over the past few years that have been good. And obviously you got Doug Baldwin, who was there a bunch of the years that Russell Wilson was. And then Tyler Lockett was good in 2018 and the beginning of 2019. I can't think of a guy that's kind of like besides that Russell Wilson has had success with. I mean, his tight end position, but I, I don't know. Maybe it's a turn. It's got to be a turn of the tides here, in my opinion. So Tyler Lockett, yeah, I mean, he's going as wide receiver 23. That's 5.05. 
just interesting down the stretch. He's 27 years old. He did have a 92.7 snap percentage, which is really dang good. 60% in the slot. And he's actually the second highest. He had the second highest red zone receptions for a wide receiver, which, mm-hmm. hell, if you can catch it down there, then by all means. I got a few but yeah, we're, for you when you're. Yeah, go for it. Go for um, it. Yeah, so you said Jimmy Graham. He was okay. Jermaine Curse. Okay. Um, 2012, 2016, decent. Golden Tate, uh, 10 to 13. That'd be one other name. I'm not even sure that Russell was there in 2010. No, he was no, there. He would have been there for one year of Golden. In 13, yeah. Um, But other than that, yeah, I mean, Tyler Lockett and Doug Baldwin. And, and those guys are all kind it. of built the same. So. Yeah. Not – but not that, to say that, that goes back you, to your let Russell eat, you know. Yeah. Maybe this is the year. I do think all. I think those. This is going to be so hard of any AB or Josh Gordon come. Either one of those guys step foot on this field. It's just hey, what be you, a nightmare. What do you do with that? You've you've talked to Colin and I before about drafting drafting Antonio Brown. I mean, it's a it's a really good, it's a decent strategy. Like if you draft them late, you're not. I mean, there's there's plenty of people you're going to be dropping on your bench anyways, and if, if he has potential to come back and be like a top 10 wide receiver. I don't think he comes here, though. You don't think I he think goes AB to Seattle? Comes, no, I think he goes straight to Baltimore. He's going to go play with his cousin. Have you seen the news about Dez? Yeah, they're going to take AB over Dez. I don't know, man. They're looking at Dez here pretty good. I think Justina Anderson reported something today that they're pretty interested in. Dez likes to talk about it. I don't know. Interesting. Do you have anything else on Tyler Lockett and DK, or we spent some good time? No, on I that? like them both. As long as no one else comes, I like both of those guys. I like uh, I like the running back. I like the quarterback. Yeah, I don't know. Mm, yeah, it's it, it's interesting. Like, there's some guys that are going behind them that are like still have pretty good potential. I mean, DJ, they're a team that I think is going to be good, and it's it's the like I just imagine Green Bay last year. Yeah, if the, yeah. if the team's good like that, then most of the other people on the team are going to be good. Well, for Green Bay, they can only support one wide receiver. But anyways, <laughs> the other wide receivers on that team got David Moore, who's always going to steal some touchdowns, pissing me off. Got Philip Dorsett, who sucks ass. But yeah, tight ends, we talked about it. Russell Wilson loves to throw to his tight ends. Um, well, he can throw it to wherever he wants and throw it with – I'm just sucking Russell off right now. They signed Greg Olson in this offseason. He's 35 years old. Coming off some injuries, he's pretty been he's been banged up a bunch in his career. And here's here's something: so, so six only six tight ends, thirty five years or above, have reached a hundred total fantasy points since nineteen seventy. Gary, he's gonna play like two games <laughs> before he gets hurt. Yeah, like they just known for getting hurt, and now he's thirty five. Yeah, like concussion yeah, problems. I, back I, problems. I, I I see him filling in for a little bit, and then Disley's gonna come back, and and dude. I mean, Disley came out of nowhere last year. Yeah. And this is a guy that was supposed to be blocking all the time. And from weeks one through five, he was he was tight end number five, weeks one through five. Yeah, no, he, he was gets, rolling. I, I believe it. Yeah. I, I think I picked him up the week before he went down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Classic. But tearing your Achilles always kind of fears fantasy owners and then you see emmanuel sanders last year who comes back and is like really freaking good and he came back in record time i mean i want to say towards acl and like or achilles rather in week 10 or something week eight something late in yeah, the year in 2018 yeah. and he came back and was like number one wide receiver in 
in Denver until they got rid of him. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens here. Um, I mean, he's only 24. He could easily come back. Um, that's usually something that bothers older people. I know it mm-hmm. uh, bothers most people, but um, I mean, he could come back and do exactly what he was doing. Count him in, right? So yeah. Not a fact. He's not. He's not very fast, but um, you know, if he's blo- if he serves the purpose of blocking and can be out on the field more because of it, yeah, I I'm excited. Uh, if he can, I I wouldn't see him really stepping up till about mid year though, right? Like, yeah, I because I they got Greg Olson and draft him. I just this is another guy like the Andy situation where you keep an eye on him. Yeah, you know, you I mean, start here and he's going to start, and that he's back to hundred percent. Let me let me grab this guy for a sec. And they still got Jacob Hollister, who, like, if you don't remember last year, Jacob Hollister he came on the scene kind of in in week eleven, and from weeks eleven through seventeen, he was tied in number eleven. Like that's a start. I started him in, in a league. It's just whoever is going to be that tight end in this offense is going to have an opportunity for success. That's it, just how. Rest- and he's a clear cut. Like he didn't have, he wasn't ranked that high the first week. He only played fifty one percent of snaps, and then the second, third week when he blew up, only getting fifty nine, fifty five percent. They then put him out there for seventy nine and eighty nine. So like he earned a spot. He earned mm-hmm. the right to be on the field more. They showed he can. He showed he could catch and block. He's getting more snaps per game, and then he got hurt. In week six, but I mean that four game stretch where he's three six three seven, that's that's pretty impressive. It was good, man. Could have been better if you remember that game against San Francisco where he got stopped stopped at like the one inch line. You remember that like crazy ass game came down to the final throw, and he's like was one inch away from beating a different team. Possibly no, it was it was Hollister. It was Hollister on the goal line. Anyways, dude, we're I'm watching this Mavericks game. I think Andy is too. And something to come across the screen, and it's saying that AJ Green sat out practice today with a leg injury. So my sleeper in my top fifteen wide receiver rankings is already getting banged up. Hate to Speaking of you know wandering eyes here, I I pulled up Will Disley's you know Wikipedia page just to confirm the. He says he he originally committed to Boise State to play for uh, Chris Peterson and then transferred to Washington. That made me cry. Hmm. So, yeah, just just a little tidbit there. He went to University of Washington and now he's playing in Seattle again. Home hometown boy, essentially. Went to college there. It's from a na- I mean, they love Montana right there next to Washington. Mm-hmm. So, I guess Idaho's in between, but. Um, I believe he likes it up there in the Pacific Northwest, and uh, if he he's going to do everything he can to get back in there. So I'm going to keep an eye on him. Yeah, definitely someone to keep um, an eye on. To monitor, especially if you have tight end problems. If you have tight end problems, it you just want to you know stash someone to maybe fix that by the time you get to playoffs. Throw Disley in there. Just throw him on the roster. For pray sure. to God. Sure. Especially it's if you so already... hard to fight a tight end. It's so hard to fight a tight end when you don't have one. When they, they don't just you know, mid season, they don't just spring up and just right. like, Hey, I'm startable. That's just not how tight ends work. Yeah. It's a Higby, grind. Every Higby was week. Higby was an outlier last year. I, I don't know if that's ever going to happen again, where you're going out there and winning championships with this guy you picked up in week nine, but it's insane. It's yeah. so hard to fight a tight end. It's probably the most frustrating thing in fantasy football when you can't figure out the tight end. Yeah, situation. for sure. Uh, playing Johnny Smith because hey, he sleeper this year. You never know. Yes, this year, but 
I've played them the last two years, man. <laughs> That's where you know you're in a bad place. Hey, you're three breakout. Now you're now you can play them. All right. So uh, Seahawks first four weeks, pretty tough. Pretty tough, maybe. Oh, from a from a defensive perspective, this is pretty tough. So you got the Falcons, Patriots, Cowboys, and Dolphins. You know, I mean, Patriots wait and see. Dolphins probably shitty, but Cowboys, Falcons, pretty good offenses. So maybe not a defense you're looking for, even with all these uh, studs that they just got. Am I wrong with that, Andy? Uh, yeah, so Seattle, no, they're not, they're not, uh, 18th in defensive strength of schedule, 19th in kicker, um, QB strength of schedule is only six though, wide receivers 10, and tight end is seven, so, Chris, actually 29th for running back, that's notable, that's not good, but, like I said, team's good, Chris Carson will be good, so. Yeah, and these, these preseason rankings, like, based on you know, how the teams are going to be. I mean, th- those are always sub- suspect to change, right? I mean, they're kind of wait and see what happens. And once you get a couple weeks under your belt, then you can make kind of a better, better yeah, assumption. Do not draft Seattle as your defense yeah. for the first four weeks. The 21, not a good, not a good run. So. Yeah, but that's, we, that's pretty much it on the Seahawks. And then the last team, Andy's favorite. We're talking about the LA Rams. Go Rams. Um, last year, week 16, you're playing the Titans. Yep. You got the ball second 11 at your own 20. 424 left in the second quarter. You remember what happened? 424 left in the second quarter? Yeah. Um, second and 11, I could probably say when we were going in, we were flipped the field. That was uh, when we hit Gurley on the 80-yard screen. After we had, on the first play, we went negative one, and then the series before that, we had a, you know, they recovered a, a fumble for a touchdown when our guard went the wrong way. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. 80. Welcome back to Real Talk Fantasy. Next up, we will discuss the L.A. Rams. Gary, what do you have for us? Andy, is this your favorite team? Absolutely. Yeah, they're pretty shitty. Uh, so they're opening up a new God, that's fucked. empty stadium. That's SoFi Stadium. looks pretty badass. It's kind of a shame that uh, the Rangers couldn't have done something like that. Anyways, um, yeah, so last year they were 9-7. and seven. Uh, They would have actually made the playoffs with this expanded playoff thing they're doing this year. Um, but I think they did the bare minimum to better their team from 2019. I think there was like something where like they ranked all the teams and what they did to get better and the Rams were last. So there you go. But this I got Sean Mc- getting rid of getting rid of Todd Gurley and Brandon Cooks didn't make them better. Uh yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll get to that. Um this I got Sean McVay supposed to be some guru. Um last year they were third in the league in eleven personnel, which is kind of interesting because we talk about the twelve personnel that gave Higby so much success uh, and kind of you saw Cup suffer there at the middle of the year. Um, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like maybe McVay's thinking too much and maybe overthought it after his loss in the Super Bowl in 2018. Andy, I know this is your team, so what do you think about how Sean McVay's run into offense? I do think he was very shaken up last, like all year pretty much. He, 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 he got to hold himself eventually, but Man, I just there's not as much hope with this team. I could see Goff playing super shitty and the wide receivers being a non-factor like they were at points last year, and the team just not being good again. 
Like they could just not. They could come in last in this division. Fantasy players could be useless, and we won't even be talking about the Rams this year, really. Like they're this is it's not that far off either. Like this is they're gonna fall. They're gonna fall fast if they do. Dude, isn't it so? Not, it's so weird to process that though, because you got. Cup, who last year was like a top five wide receiver for actually finished the year as a top five wide receiver, I think. Uh, yeah, it was wide receiver four in there. Um, and then you got Robert Woods, who's always been consistent. And then you before that, you had Todd Gurley, who in 2017 and 2018 was like tied or running back one. I mean, it's kind of weird to think that the Rams are just going to be eh, as a fantasy team, but I don't know. It's what it's what we're turning into, but uh. Let's talk about your quarterback. Man, once once oh, the line started to go, the whole team started to really go. That's really what happened. Yeah, I saw. Goff needs time because he's stupid. He needs time to throw the ball. Um, can't make his decisions. Has to have his coach tell him what he needs to do up until the last second of. It's just not a good situation. I don't love the guy. I don't know why they paid him that much. They must see something I don't. But it's. I'm very down on the team, if you can't tell. Yeah, um, <laughs> maybe a little bit. <laughs> uh, I just... And the hype- know, hopefully these hopefully these guys, they paid billions of dollars uh, play up to their their salary because they, they did the thing where they paid certain players. They overpaid certain players, and I think it's, gonna co- it's coming back to haunt them right now. Yeah, well, at least they got rid of... Uh, What's-his-face, Todd Gurley. But... Um, yeah, Jared Goff last year, he was projected to be really good, but ended up being quarterback 13, which isn't terrible. But there was definitely games where you were like, what the hell is going on? Especially at the beginning of the year. Um, I made the mistake of off telling people that they should draft him. No, I did not. So <laughs> joke's on y'all. But I don't know. It's just not going to get any better this year for him. Am I right? You know, um, I want to say that Maybe they'll they address the O line issues and he got better in the off season with McVeigh and something's gonna bounce back because McVeigh's got his head on straight now. But I just can't yeah. say that with confidence. Like I really do think this is one of the as a team, this is just a big question mark to me. I, I this is you're drafting for ceiling and ceiling alone with these guys. I think I think the wide receivers will be average at worst. You know, yeah. But these guys are being taken in the third round, fourth round. They're being taken like they should be top twenty wide receivers. So it's hard to take a guy there, not be sure that that's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, last year Jared Goff he almost had five thousand passing yards, like four thousand six hundred um, twenty-two TDs. Not going to get you anything rushing. He's actually 36 among yeah. QBs. And, hey, maybe that happens. Maybe maybe <laughs> they turn into the Matt Ryan. Hey. Let's just sling the ball. Let's just throw it. Screw do it. Do it, please. Please do it for fantasy owners. Please. That please, would please. be great. That would be great for the wide receivers. But the team, I don't think, is going to be very good. Let's just move it on. Let's move it on to the wide receivers. We'll talk about running backs last. So, Robert Woods, he last year was wide receiver 14 on the year. Only missed one game. Um. In healthy games, he outsnapped a cup in all but two. So he's he was looking like the guy there for most of the year, even though Cup finished as wide receiver four. Uh I don't know, Andy, who who are you taking out of these two? 
out of Cup and Woods? Yeah. Yeah, I'd... You want to... Okay, so there's two arguments here. There's, oh, well, Cup and Goffer, they're like... They're roommates, you know? That's the, that's his favorite target. Yeah, I want I want the guy. That guy, PPR? Oh, hell, hell yeah, I want I want Cup. But I, I liked what I saw of Robert Woods last year. Uh, I think they're, they're positioned exactly where they should be to make you want to just rip your hair out. Right hmm. next to each other. <laughs> Perfect. Because it, it's really similar to the DK Metcalf and um Yeah, it is. And I, I like Woods. I really do like Woods. Um I think with, with uh Cook's gone. Woods continued to perform all year last year, it was way more consistent. We don't have the issues of, you know, Cubs relying on a certain personnel. Mm-hmm. So I like Woods in in every situation essentially. I think both guys are very useful because in my head now, I'm just thinking Matt Ryan's offense. You know, yeah. they're just going to throw the ball, and they're going to be down. They're going to have to. They're going to have to air it out. But yeah, do, they do are. you think? And yeah, I'm excited now just to think of them as a uh, <laughs> helping me in fantasy because they're not going to help me. They could squeak into the playoffs now that they have the extra spots in the playoffs. So they just do what they did last year, which was horrendous. Like we all thought that last year for the Rams was terrible, right? Right, but they still would have made the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but now you got structure. you got three good teams in this division, and I mean we don't know much about how the Cardinals end up being, but everyone's assuming they're going to be better. And from what I think, I think they'll be better. I mean, it could well, be a Brown really, situation yeah. where we're hyping them up and they end up shit in the bed. But I don't think they'll be a ton better. I think they will be better though. Yeah. They they address their problems. Yeah. That's that's something the Rams didn't address any problems because they couldn't because they paid these people yeah. too much. So it happens. So they people need to come out do their job and listen. They they got a new stadium. They could. They, I think they could squeak into that last playoff spot. They're going to be playing up until the end, and that's what you like to hear. And I think it's going to be you know, Slingit City here. Yeah. I really hope it is. That do be you exciting think? To watch. It would be exciting. That'd be very exciting. Especially so. in LA, people are going to watch that shit. But do you think it Cooper Cup, like maybe we're giving him a, a bad rep here? I mean, last year he was coming off the ACL injury from 2018. So this is his second year back. I mean, everyone talks about it. it takes maybe almost two years to get fully healthy. Yeah, I, I listen, he had some bad. And they were all down year. the stretch. And he they still all came down the forth. Stretch. He still yeah. came in fourth, though. So I, he could come back and you know be a top five wide receiver again. I'm just saying, you're drafting both of those guys purely for ceiling. I don't think the floor. I don't think you mm-hmm. can predict the floor. That's true. There's risk there. It's so that's the floor is probably higher for Woods because we yeah because we don't know what I don't know what Sean McVay is going to come out and do. We have no idea. I don't. I don't he, is he going to come? We're we're questioning what personnel he's going to run. So I this is such a tough situation, but yeah, I will tell you one thing: they're going to be losing. That O line's not good enough for them to really, you know, just come in and mm-hmm. dominate. In my head, Goff can't just come in and take over a game without people blocking for him, buying him at least five seconds. So they're going to be they're going to be throwing the ball. These wide receivers. This is just me writing the. Yeah. here, but I think I think they're gonna have to throw the ball. Um, hopefully, Goff can. I, Goff just turns into Matt Ryan. I'll be happy. <laughs> I'll be happy if I get to watch my teams like the Falcons from the last five years. Yeah, be, I'll be happy. I take that. Well, maybe with a Super Bowl win. 
But um, no, no, super, geez, I don't even care. About we're super setting our standards low. If you just throw the, if you just come out and entertain me week in week out, I can place a bet on you. You can have my, I can have a fantasy right. player and team do really well. All right. And he doesn't value happy. winning. Heard it here first. <laughs> the NFL is not about winning. That's it's true. Football. Yeah, let's be real. Weekend went out. Uh, the other wide receiver. I mean, he. This guy was hyped up. Like every every time Cooks was hurt. They were like, hey, why don't you look at Josh Reynolds? Josh Reynolds might be a guy that you might want to start. It's like, dude, what? I mean, no. I mean, yeah. the weeks the weeks you <laughs> predicted him, you would predict him to be good, like a normal expert, quote-unquote. He did terrible. And then the next weeks, he's scoring like, I don't know, a couple touchdowns. Yeah, I don't I don't like – do we have – and this is – you know, I probably should have looked this up before, but do we know if – were they running 12 personnel because Cooks was out? Well, it, it's weird. You look at Cooks, and everyone thinks like, "Man, he's really injury prone." He sat out a bunch of weeks. I think he only he played fifteen games. Yeah, he shouldn't have. Yeah, dude, for like the last man. six. It's like him and him and Sterling Shepard that they're gonna get CTE. Man, they're just gonna be fucked. But Cooks, Cooks is gonna have to wear a Westbrook <laughs> helmet this year. He's gonna have to have like eight inches. Yeah, of he, he very well might. He's gonna fall over. His he- helmet's gonna be too heavy. Yeah, uh, you know, I don't know. Would you? So let's let's <laughs> let's say here, Calvin Ridley, right around those two. He's also a wide receiver too. Would you take him before he took Cooper Cup and Robert Woods? Really? No. Yeah, I want. I would want the guy who's I've seen, I've seen get in the top five. And you're talking about you're talking about Cup then. Yeah, uh, Woods. Woods, yeah, was, also, he, Woods was a top ten guy in 2018. Uh, he might have been like seven or eight. When we're, when we're up there, God, man, he's, he, you can't just give me the guy who I just compared the teams of. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I just called them the next Atlanta Falcons. You, I say that too because like Colin was big on Calvin Ridley, and you know, I, I kind of see it. You know, wide receiver three expanded role with um, what's it, Sanu out. Hooper out and they brought in Hurst. I mean, hell, if, if they're – that's a tough decision because you're, you're kind of – you're not sure what the Rams are going to do and you're teams, man. banking on the wide receiver too. But they're both teams that could air it out. I don't know. Just – I think I might just avoid it all together. But I'd, I might be leaning the Ridley route. Who else is there? Who can you avoid it with, Gary? Well, AJ Brown's going behind him. DK Metcalf, DJ Chark, and we're all we all like those guys. I think. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's just I'd love to take a Jonathan Taylor and Amari Cooper right before them. I'd love those two over them. Did you say Jonathan Taylor. So, huh? well, yeah. hey, yeah. That's if you get a running back that's, that's if you get a running back that slides into that Cooper Cup Ridley range and Woods range. Would you take David Montgomery over Woods and Ridley? No. I take Would you take Mark Ingram? No, there's just too much uncertainty there. Okay. Well then then you're uh, yeah, no fuck. <laughs> I think I think there's a good chance because those they're those are the only There's a good there chance Ridley Ridley and Cup go higher. Woods just doesn't have that name brand and Woods might slide a little bit. Um but he's the one who always is consistent. So I, I mean I don't know. Um, but but I don't have a preference between the three, and I like that I don't have a preference between the three because I'm not going to be disappointed 
as long as one well, slides good. to me. Be unbiased. That's what I like. So. Um, and last year, Robert Woods only had two touchdowns. And he had a 23.4% target share. I mean, I wouldn't count on them going up, though, because I don't think the team... Yeah, but you got to expect it goes up. If Goff throws 22 touchdowns again this year, I would hope that Robert Woods has more than two of those. I would say five would be a good number. I hope Cam Akers yeah. them all. Um, but yeah, sure. Let's go right into it. Let's talk about running backs. And Sean McVay's gone out and said it, that he, he kind of wants this to be a committee, which is different coming from Gurley the past three years, three, four years. Um, still got Daryl Henderson there, Malcolm Brown. And Daryl Henderson, third-round pick in 2019 for Memphis. If Colby was here, go Fist. Uh, and then Cam Akers, second-round pick this year from Florida State. So they got some talent here. I mean, all guys, all guys could could potentially have a say in the offense. But if you had to choose one, Andy, who are you picking? And it's hard because they kind of came out and said this at the beginning of last season. In it, like inadvertently, they were like, "Oh yeah, Gurley's our starter, but he we're going to really focus on using him when we need mm-hmm. him." And I was like, "What? What does that mean?" What it meant was they ran everyone else the rest of the field and then they got down in the red zone and they're like hey Todd here's the ball and that worked like Todd Gurley had a decently yeah. productive season with very yeah. low snap share I think just over 55 percent or something like that and still put up really good numbers because he scored touchdowns and got red zone work so with it just being a straight out three three back committee potentially two back or whatever it is, that scares me that they didn't just say, yeah, Cam, we're going to give Cam a chance to take him in the second round. Then now you're you're counting on a guy to come out and just blow Sean McVay's yeah. socks off and yeah. take the job. Which no I, preseason. I like we've talked about, about it. Difficult situation for a bunch yeah. of these rookies. And before Sean McVay came out and said that, everyone was like, yeah, mm-hmm. K-Makers, clear cut start. The other guys suck. They're really not that bad. I don't know how good this guy's going to be in the pros. He's only five ten. They all, they're all very similar. Yeah, because I think Daryl Henderson. I think he still could be good. I mean, not that I've ever watched him play. Last year he averaged three point eight yards per carry, but I mean, no one was really running that well out of that backfield last year. I definitely would prefer Cam Akers. I think I avoid all of them, and I. Well, I mean, it's just that. Do you think Daryl Henderson's worth a 10 round, 10th round no, pick? No, there's so much more fun you could have in the 10th round. I mean, that's the Slayton range. That's the C.D. Lamb range. That's. Mm-hmm. Do you think Akers is worth a fifth? Um, fuck, no. No, 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 no. Uh, that is James, James White going at 6.09. We know we're getting into James White. He's going right behind. Uh, Cam Akers. That it's just such a it's just such a poor, poor range for running backs because you don't know what all you're gonna get, you know, in that early thirty range. And that's why I think I kind of agree with Colin on this one. I wait till I get, I take a chance on Antonio Gibson in the seventh. Or what about Lam- so, so you, you like White more? Does Lamar Miller affect you at all? Thinking of James White. Well, he's coming off that ACL injury. 
and they got Michelle and Damon Harris. I think that's just. Yeah, you know, I'm not concerned. Now they got four though. Does that no? Does that, does that take away? James White's role is going to be the same regardless of who's on the field. He's that guy who's going to go there in third down and dominate the catches out of the backfield. I mean, but that's what James. White no, is. that's what I'm saying. That's. Oh, I thought you said that's. That's what, what James White is. Okay. Lamar is Lamar is just strictly running the ball. That's just that's just a name they wanted to get get back there, get someone who's a veteran. I, I don't know. I mean, hell, maybe Bill O'Brien knows something we don't. But, yeah, so we're, we're pretty much avoiding this backfield, right? Yeah, I really – I was really hoping – if Akers falls, but yeah, mm-hmm. so far. Oh, man. Um, yeah, I don't know. I really – the, the 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 committee the word committee should just make you run, especially in the fifth round. You're, you're counting on a guy who his coach has already said it's right. committee. That's just not. This is the situation, yeah. right? Oh yeah, Russell Wilson and uh, Dak are hanging out. I'm gonna take one of those guys instead. That's yeah. where I go. I, I mean, I take a risk by grabbing a getting a quarterback, quarterback that's gonna get you, yeah like that. Those co- high floor quarterback. That's where I go with that. That could maybe even be league winners. And we don't know. If I want to risk my, you know, season taking, you know, Cam Akers. Last year I took Tariq Cohen in the second round. We all know how that was. That was stupid. It was a stupid Andy. Take talent. So we actually, I went back and looked at our league's fifth round. And, you know, one dude was usable out of the fifth round. Yeah, it's just a weird... This is your territory where people are like, oh, this is where you need to grab your value and you got to take skill players and everything. And it's like, none of them panned out last year. Not one. Yeah. Or one of them. Not two of them. One guy panned out. And I believe it was not a skill player. I think I think it was a tight end or a quarterback. Hmm. So this, you know, this is why I'm okay with looking. I'm looking toward, you know, your, Dar- your wall or your uh, – or someone like Dak and yeah. or Russell. That's why fifth round, fifth sixth round. I think I think sometimes you just gotta look around after you got your two running backs and two wide receivers. You're like, you know, I want a positional advantage. I'm gonna go for a tight end or a quarterback, and then you and then you start taking yeah. them. I think that's a good draft strategy right there. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and talk about that tight end. And pretty good last year. Like I, I, I talked about it in the uh, the first team. We I think yeah the 49ers where Tyler Higby was the number one player on teams that won, you know, came on late in the year. Yeah. Week 11 started playing more. And since week 11, he started playing more than 75% of snaps. And during that time, he was tight end number one. It's better than Kelsey, better than Kittle, 16.3 points per game. But now he's being drafted as tight end number nine, 8.01. Do you think Tyler Higby is a steal in the eighth round if he falls there? This isn't. We've already talked about. Do we know what the offense is going to do? McVay is. We don't know if they're going to run twelve. We don't know if they're going to run eleven. In one situation, this guy is top five tight end. In the other, he's not. In one situation, Cooper Cup is a top five wide receiver. In the other one, he's not. So. You know, if you if you like, if you actually think Cooper Cup's gonna have a good season and like him, I'd stay away from Higby. Mm-hmm. If you don't think Cup's gonna have that great of a season, I'd draft Higby. That's where it comes down to. 
It is. How are you going to choose? And there's no way of knowing what to do here. There is no, I can tell you to do something. There's no, there's going to be no insight because we're not going to see the preseason and see what they're doing and what they're practicing. Hmm. All we have to do is kind of, we're guessing what a mastermind is going to do this season. Uh, But yeah, I totally agree. Um, It's a toss up. Do I think Tyler Higby can be a top five tight end? For sure. I think he can be. But things got to work out for him, like you were saying. Um, one thing, he only had three touchdowns last year. Maybe that goes up this year, but at the same time, I mean, Robert Woods was also down. It, it's just, it's interesting. You still got Gerald Everett there, and last year was supposed to be his bre- big breakout party. I mean, he's athletic, runs a 4.640. It's way better than Tyler Higby. I think Higby's like a 4.8, 4.9. But Higby just found a way to get open you know i don't know how to describe it it definitely weird weird offense here do you think everett eats into it at all yes i still think higby's the tight end there it's not even close and everett's prize snaps in the nfl are limited are gonna be limited not snaps but his okay his people are gonna have to form their own opinion about what they think of higby and cup in that's the best thing I can give you is what do you think the Rams are going to run? What do you think they're going to do? You think they're going to do what they did in the first half? Or yeah. And it like, at least we had some knowledge last year of, you know, you still got a running back that's going to be used. And we know Todd Gurley is going to be somewhat of the guy, but now you don't even have that. Now the whole offense is just a big toss up. So I don't know. All right. You got anything else? This is your team, man. You're supposed to build them up. Yeah, we got one more player to review here. You skipped hey. over him like he was Aaron Donald. Useless. <laughs> no, Jared we talked Goff. about Jared Goff at the beginning. Yeah, but you didn't. We didn't. We went straight. Andy, to do you team. want Jared Goff on your team? Okay. No, <laughs> I don't. I drafted him last year. Um, you know, like I said in that yeah. play league, if he turns into Matt yeah. Ryan. Um, I plan on taking Matt Ryan in that league if I don't take uh, Mahomes in the, mm-hmm. in the second. I have the eighth pick in there, so on the way back. If I don't take him and I don't take Dak, um, I'm looking at Matt Ryan, and then I would grab someone like Goff at the end just for the hope um, of that they just throw the shit out of the ball because they don't have – I hope they don't have a running back. I really hope they're running. So back you're taking a chance on Goff before you take a chance on Tannehill, your boy. This is there's more bench spots in that league. So and you don't draft the individual player, you draft the team's uh, quarterback. So I take Atlanta quarterback and I take I'd take Goff late just for the big play, hopeful. I had him last year. He didn't do shit for me, but I had Breeze too, so it worked out. Um, but yeah, I know I'd take him late, but Tannehill, I don't know. Maybe you're, maybe you have a point there. Maybe you have a point with AJ Brown having more big mm-hmm. play potential than anyone else on or Robert Woods or whoever. Um, you know, maybe I take Derek Carr instead and hoping Henry Ruggs breaks big ones, you know, it, it it's that kind of play. It, it's not, you know, uniform with what leagues usually are. So I don't mm-hmm. love to talk about it yeah, that's on fun. this podcast, but you know, I I think that you see more and more leagues like that where they're trying to make the league more entertaining 
um, you know, you're hoping for more exciting things to happen when they happen. They, they, you hit the big multipliers and you win because of it. It's, it's a lot of fun. So, um, I, that's where I'm looking at Goff. I think he's, you know, he's one of the guys you look at late, but that last year just soured me so much on that team. Like there's nothing good about it. Um, they just came up short and disappointed and, they looked just pitiful at points, man. They were they lost stupid games too. Like just, uh, Greg the Leg missed a field goal to beat Seattle. That was just a just a and not typical chip. Greg the Leg. You know, there was just stupid shit and how they lost. They lost a few yeah. games they shouldn't have. That's why I think they have a chance to squeak in this. So got a good defense, um, mm. but they got worse. You just can't look past what you said with. You did it doing Yeah, and they didn't better. they traded all their Nothing. assets away, you know, to get Jalen Ramsey and it's Yeah. <laughs> but they still got a one man wrecking crew Hell on yeah. the D line. Um Ashawn Robinson is he really? Is there now, it's another out. Fort Worth boy. Yeah. He's gonna start out hurt this season, mm-hmm. but um uh he'll be out there. Decent corner still got rid of it Peters. Became dumbass. legit. He, dude, that guy was. He wasn't good. It was so weird. He wasn't good on the Rams, and then he went to the Ravens. Dude, he was so bad on the Rams. It was unbelievable. They got Ramsey. Defense should be good. They got a chance to win a few games if, if the defense is good, and then the offense just comes out and slings it. You know, maybe Goff gets some. You know, it, maybe McVay just goes, dude. Honestly, I'm just gonna let you the fuck out of the ball. I hope. Go watch this guy's film. Hands him an Atlanta, you know, a few videos, and then. uh you know, you could use Kirk as yeah. the same well, example. Well, different ranks came. But different – I mean, they run the ball more there in Minnesota. No, I'm I'm talking about when he was on oh, NBA's offense. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, want him, I want to see him become that middle-tier white quarterback who just has to throw the ball a ton. Yeah. That's what I would love to see. That's your team, man. But, yeah, um, hold on. Um, I – we, First we, four games, Cowboys, Eagles, Bills, Giants. Some teams that could put up some points, potentially. I don't know. Yeah, uh, that doesn't – I don't love that. It's not my favorite. I don't – like I said, I think the defense might be a little good. Um, not great. Respectable. Nothing like yeah. in the past, past few years. There's not as much hope everywhere, but they do Sorry. not – Seem to have. I just hit the mic. Yeah, they got the twenty third hardest strength of schedule for defense to start the year, and then their kicker apparently has a hard schedule too. So, not sure who's kicking the ball actually. Got a new special teams coach. Um, there's a lot of question marks around this team, and tread lightly with every single yeah. position. <laughs> I That's agree. Essentially, yeah. what I'm getting at here. This is a risky team, and you could look back and go, man, I'm fucking idiot. Yeah. Well, got a new stadium, though, so cool. All right, you got anything else? You got anything else in the whole division? Anything sticking out to you? No. Uh, tough division. Um, very fantasy-relevant division. And uh, we'll see you next next week for our next All right. episode. So, where we, where, who will we be discussing? We will here? be talking about the AFC South. Peace. Perfect. See y'all next week. Zoning.